You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. You know, usually I'm living my worst nightmares, right? I, I Because my teams are not very good. I had the, the Giants, let's be fair, stink, and I've said as much. The Mets, let's be fair, stink. The Rangers, for the most part, last couple of years have not been not been great. Not not been horrendous, but not great. Knicks had a nice year, but I'm I'm used to them not being good. So my life has been for the last you know many years just rooting against other teams and being pained by success of other teams. And I think the Yankees fan will hear that and say, "Oh, come on, grow up, don't be so immature." Find the goodness in everything, right? Just focus on your own teams. Don't worry about about other teams. And now I think the Yankees fan is looking at it like, all right, how can the Astros and the Red Sox both lose in this series? And it's funny because I'm watching the – and I don't mind either team. Right? I really enjoy watching both of these teams play. You look at a guy like Kike Hernandez. He is – he's a, you know what he is? He's exactly like what the Yankees need. Exactly. You can play him in the outfield. You can play him in the infield. He doesn't cost a lot of money. He's always on base. He's a leader. Like, he, he's exactly, exactly what the Yankees need. And then you look on the other side, and it's Houston, and you, ju- you, you hate them, right? But you hate both these teams. And we had the conversation during the week uh, on DPH and Rothenberg of, if you're a Yankees fan now, what do you, you got to watch, right? I mean, it's the American League Championship Series. You can't just say, I'm not watching it. And I thought to myself, because it's hard sometimes put, to put yourself in the shoes of, of uh, other fans. And I thought to myself, if the Cowboys and Eagles played, say, I don't know, NFC Championship game, of course I'm watching. Uh, and I would figure out some kind of a way to, to build up more of a hatred for one team than the other. And then I was thinking about it this week, and I'm, you know what? There's a, there's a definite of who you should be rooting for if you're the Yankees in this series. You should be, and I, and, and I say rooting loosely. I don't, I don't mean like edge of your seat, let's go, you know, players on this team. Come on, you can do it. But just, hey, this team scored more runs than that team. You know what? That works for me. If you're a Yankees fan, yeah, you have to be rooting for the Astros in this series. And, and I'll explain why in a moment. By the way, we have a lot going on today. We're, we're going to get into the, the ALCS a little bit. Uh, NLCS as well. We'll get into the NFL. Uh, Kyrie Irving is, you know, some people say the gift that keeps on giving to me, it's a curse at this point. I mean, I just, I don't even want to talk about Kyrie Irving anymore. I don't, I find him to be such a, a, a kind of a look at me selfish guy, but that we will a little bit of Kyrie Irving, but I feel like it's enough is enough is enough, but we will. Um, but I want to start with, with the Yankees fan and what you're feeling right now. And that is you have to root for Houston to win. And even if, if you say, I can't root for Houston, even if it's not rooting for Houston, I think you, you want Houston to get the better of Boston in this series. Because here, here's my thought process, right? Grand scheme of things, big picture. In 20 years from now, you'll look back and say to yourself, man, I hated those Astros teams. They cheated. They cheated me out of a championship. I don't like those Astros teams. I didn't like those Astros teams. But I can't imagine in, what year are we now, 2021? I can't imagine in 2045 that you're going to look at the Houston Astros and say to yourself, God, I hate the Astros. I can't stand the Astros. The last thing I want to have happen is the Astros to win a World Series. I wouldn't think. In 1930, you hated the Red Sox. In 1950, you hated the Red Sox. In 1970, 
you hated the Red Sox. In 1990, you hated the Red Sox. And that's without them winning. That's when they were just a team that kind of got in the way of you winning your championships. Now, and let's be fair, they're better than you. Now, they win seemingly a World Series, I don't know, every three to four years. And now, they're four wins away from going back to the World Series yet again in a season where they weren't supposed to be good. So my thought is, in 2045, when I say Red Sox and Astros, you will think to yourself and, and the people that you're friendly with, you know what, there was a time, God, you'll tell your kids or your grandkids or your great-grandkids, or maybe you won't be here, and that's a shame. But you'll, you'll, you'll say to whoever it is, man, there was a time I hated the Astros. I hated them. But I don't think 2045 will be that time. 2045, you'll still hate the Red Sox. You will, you will look at the Red Sox as... Your arch rival, you know why? Because that's what they are, and that's what they've been. So it, it dawned on me this week, you, you have to. You have to root for the Astros in this series. And root for might be a, a strong phrase, but you need the Astros to win the series because this is your rival, and this is going to be your rival in 20 years, in 30 years, in 50 years, forever. And the Astros, as much as you hate them now and can't stand Jose Altuve, who, by the way, I mean, I know you don't like him, but how good is he? I mean, really, if you look at the numbers, we'll get into it in a little bit, of what he's done. I think he had his 20th postseason home run in 68 games last night. Look at Carlos Correa. How good is he? And these guys, you know what the thing is? They, they're smug. They think they're better than you. And the truth is, they are. And I don't even mean that in, in direction to the Yankees. Like, they're smug. They think they're better than everybody. And for the most part, they are. They've been to five straight ALCS. Five straight. That is remarkable. And and doesn't matter if they lose Cole. Doesn't matter if they lose Verlander. Doesn't matter if Bregman doesn't play. It just doesn't matter. Like, they, it doesn't matter if Alvarez misses the entirety of the season. They find a way. I know you don't like them. I know you hate them. They are a great team. And let me take it one further. So here's an interesting little little side nugget that I that I have. You and we know this. You hate them, right? We get we get it. You hate them. You're a Yankees fan. They cheated you. They're obnoxious. There's buzzer, whatever the case may be, right? They cheated the game of baseball. You hate it. I get it. You hate Altuve, right? You hate Correa, right? Well, Carlos Correa, for those of you that don't know, and I don't imagine that's a lot of you, Carlos Correa, free agent. Carlos Correa, odds are you would imagine not going to return to Houston. Yankees, I think it's fair to say, desperate need for a shortstop. So answer me this. Yankees signed Carlos Correa to a five-year, I don't know, $155 million deal. Yes or no? Can you get over the fact that this guy has been the enemy and not just like a normal, typical rival, like you hate him? Can you get over the fact that you detest Carlos Correa and want to only see bad things happen? Or are you a big enough fan and a big enough person? And I don't, I don't know the answer for me. But I'm asking you, Carlos Correa... Batting fifth next year for the Yankees and starting at shortstop. Yes or no? 
7-6. To me, that is one of the great questions you could have in sports because you detest this guy. This is, uh, what would you say, like the faces of the Astros and their, their scandal and their smugness. It's Altuve, right? And then I think it's Correa. More so than Bregman, more so than Gurriel, more so than Alvarez, more so than Verlander, more so than, you know, maybe, maybe you look at A.J. Hinch. Maybe you look at Lunau, but you don't know who those, those, those guys are gone. Those guys are not involved anymore. So I think it's Altuve is like he's the one. He's the poster child for it. And then it's Correa. So are you the kind of fan that looks at this and says, yeah, you know what? Bring him to my team and let me have him doing what he does in the five spot or the two spot or wherever he hits for my team for the next five years? Or do you have to be that that big picture fan, that Yankees fan who is holier than that, which is no, 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 no. The Yankees would never bring in a guy like Carlos Correa to this organization. We're better than that. Now, I think it's fair to say maybe you just go in a different direction, right? You don't want him. There are many other options Corey Seager, Trevor Story, that you don't have to go with Correa. But if, if let's just say for argument's sake, he's the last one standing. You, We know, we all agree, the Yankees really need a shortstop. Can you wrap your arms around Carlos Correa as your starting shortstop? I mean, really, the enemy over this entire run for the Astros, the, the poster child for it, along with Jose Altuve. So, I don't know, I think it's a, a, an interesting conversation to have. So we will get into a lot of your phone calls, obviously. What do we have? What do we have today? I don't even need to tell you. I bet you I could ask almost anyone right now what we have, in fact, today on the show. And you like like clockwork. You could be like, all right, David, we got this, and then we got this, and then we got this. So we're gonna we're gonna bring in who do, who do we bring in at 915? Ty D. Butler, right? And he has his his hot takes and his opinions, and you never know what you're gonna get with him. Because he could be fun and entertaining and jovial. He could be nasty and, you know, kind of debilitating and, and bland. You don't know what you're going to get. And I think that's part of the charm. And then, typically, Jake Montgomery, our our board op, you know, the man on the uh, across the other side, he, he's just always in a good mood. So he's going to be in a good mood. He'll hop on. Um, Ty, we never know. He'll hop on. What else do we do? I'll ask you. What time is Stump Rothenberg? It's 1030. So 10.30, all your questions, all your answers, all the genius that I provide, 10.30. And that'll be 10.30, 10.45. Then it's another busy football weekend. You need advice on the games for tomorrow, R.J. Bell, 11 o'clock. And you say, R.J.'s so good, but he can be a little long-winded. And he, you know, and I agree. And that's why we've incorporated the frenzy with R.J. Bell at 11.15. So this show really has everything you could possibly want. We, we have comedy. We have laughter, we have anger, we have vitriol, we have Correa, we have the Astros, we have the Red Sox, we have the ALCS, we have the NLCS, we have the Dodgers, we have all of it. And then we have Daniel Jones and the Giants, and where do they go from here, and should he be playing tomorrow night or not? And the Giants, and all of it. And then the Jets, and thank, it like, I welcome when the Giants go on to buy. If I'm a Jets fan this week, I'm like, you know, thank God. Really, just thank God I don't have to deal with this team this week. So at least you're a Jets fan. You can wake up tomorrow morning. You watch the Dolphins and the Jaguars. You can watch football all day. You don't have to stress about it. You know you're not going to be angry. You don't have to deal with, God, is Zach Wilson the answer? Is he not? What are they doing? Big quotes from Robert Sala this week, by the way, huh? Big, big quotes. The Josh Allen also. 
mightily struggled his first few games. And look at him. So are you telling me that the expectation is this guy will be Josh Allen in the not-so-distant future? Because if that's the case, sign me up for that. But if that's the case, you're putting a whole host of pressure on this kid. And then, of course, the gift that keeps on giving. The holiday gift before the holidays. And that's Kyrie Irving, who doesn't speak, won't say a word. Finally this week, Instagram Live, and I might understand less than I did prior to when he spoke. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Right, this, this is like the Forrest Gump of Sports Talk Radio. You don't know what you're going to get. This is the box of chocolates. I mean, Ty Butler could have had a great night's sleep, in a great mood. He could be grumpy. He could be nasty. He could be very kind and cordial. Let's reach our hand into the box of chocolates and find out and bring in one Ty D. Butler. Good morning, Ty. Good morning to you, David. I reject the idea that I am one who is, you know, moody. That, that's not true. And no one who knows me would, would agree with you. I also reject the idea that I am some hot take artist. That's not true at all. Though I did watch your uh, Knickerbockers last night. Nice little uh, cap off to the preseason. Julius Randle would have loved to see more of that against Atlanta. I, I don't. I, I, in, honestly, in I'm not, I'm not series, trying to, to, to poo poo on your your good morning and salutations. I do not care. <laughs> I, I my, my so my kids. I'm, I'm, we're watching the baseball last night, right? And and Alex, uh, you know, Knicks are down 15. Dad, I was like, Alex, I do it's not the pre-season. care. Preseason. And then they come back. He's like, Dad, they won on a, a buzzer beater. Julius Randle. I said, Alex, I do not. <laughs> You're not there yet. I do. No, it's a, uh, if you, if that happens Wednesday, yeah, great. Pre-season. Last night, yeah. meaningless game. Again, I'll say it to you. I said to him, I do not care. No, I get it. I was I was just poking fun. But good morning to you, man. Uh, it feels good to be here. It's very awkward for me. Uh, we've got four TVs here in the studio. Obviously, game days on uh, on the. Far right television, we've got game. It's a replay of game one of the ALCS Red Sox Astros. Which, by the way, was a really good game. Really good game. I couldn't tell you that it was, though, because I didn't watch a second of it. So you're going to be that guy. You are so angry that it's these two teams playing that you will just tell me the results and I don't want to be involved. I would say it is a combination of of that and I just don't have... Like, we could be watching Royals White Sox and I don't have no interest. So you're... can I can I say this because this is kind of how I am with hockey. I think I think lesser to an extent, but similar in that once the Rangers are done, and I guess the Islanders too because I don't like to see them win. If you're you're telling me there's a series between Columbus and Edmonton, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll 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 check it out, but I'm not ultimately that all that interested. Are you more of a Yankees fan? Than a baseball fan, then it's so interesting because the first everyone knows like how much I love basketball. The first sport I ever fell in love with was baseball, mm-hmm. but basketball is obviously usurped that. The with the Yankees, I would say not just the Yankees. If the, if the Mets were still in it, I, it would be you know rooting against yep. them. But I right. I'd, no, I, I'd, I get it. I still like, be you, invested, and I feel that's what, what I was with hockey last year. Like Rangers didn't even get in, but I was very focused on the Islanders, and it took a long time to get rid of them, and then. The, the finals between Tampa and Montreal, I, I was less interested in. But it's like a, an immediate dissipation of interest. Like Yankees, Ast- um, I'm sorry, Astros Red Sox is a phenomenal series. Uh, I don't know if it's evenly matched, but like th- with the markets and the teams with the history, a uh, recent memory of them both winning World Series, like it's a phenomenal series on paper. I, I just can't get into it. I'll pay just attention to what's it, happening. It hits so close to home. It hits so close to home, and it's just like once the Yankees are out, I'm done. Like I'm already, you know, it's week five of the NFL season. But if this, if this it's was basketball's Angels, on Red Tuesday, Sox, 
If this was no. Angels Red Sox, I think you'd be more interested because then you'd be able to just root put all for your, yes, all your venom against the yes, Red Sox. That correct. Okay, but with so much happening right now, I I, I just can't find it. I'll I'll say this. Uh, so I don't know if you're familiar with the um, the Netflix series. You just dropped a new uh, new season. Is, is that with uh, what Penn Badgley? Is that his name? I, I believe or, that's his name. Yeah. Oh, I mean, how good am I? You're a phenomenal. Uh, do you see this, what I do? I'm not is, sure if you're familiar with the show, and boom, I give you the, the the leading character. This is like we are watching. There's a 705 first pitch. We're watching at like 630. Yes, cuts to Garrett Cole warming up in the bullpen. This is what you're doing for Stump Rothenberg. You're That's warming right. up for the segment. And by the way, what, tell me when you get the first call for Stump Rothenberg today. Oh, would you? what was that? Uh, 912? 912, huh? Well, it's, this is a guy who he says he listens to the podcast he doesn't want to be that guy, but he understands the traffic that happens. It's a logjam at, mm-hmm. at ten oh five from ten oh five to eleven oh five. It's hard to get in, really. Very difficult. In. So he wanted to try to get in early, and you said, "Sir, I'm sorry. It's it's yeah, nine so twelve. It's a, it's a great. Where did you go to college? Question. Really? Yeah. You think he'll call back, or did he hand I, it to you that you can use it? Well, I, I have it just in case he doesn't call back. He he gave me his word that he would. But there's no guarantee that just because you call back, you're going to get through. The lines are changing. Mean, and a, people lie all the time. Segment. Like, this is a man that says, I'm going to call back, and he could just not even spend another second today thinking about that. People, he could be a tremendous liar. You don't know. People lie all the time. What I was, what I was saying, though, Dave, was uh, so the new show, the new season dropped. I prioritized watching that with my wife last night over game one of the American League Championship Series. Now, I should, as a sports radio talk show host, lambast you for that just be like come on you got to be kidding me i actually understand i actually do i i, I it makes sense to me because it, it is so awful for the yankees fam but but it's it's so funny though because i'm watching every single snap of every playoff game the jets haven't made the playoffs in 11 years um i'm watching every single snap of every playoff game uh, in the nfl basketball same thing. Lakers get bounced in round one. I'm committed through the end of game six of the finals when the Bucks win. So it's not like that with football and, and basketball. It's just like that with baseball. I understand. So do you agree with my assessment that you have to be rooting for Houston here? I or, disagree. Or even if not rooting, I hoping disagree. Houston beats Boston? I'm actually rooting for the Red Sox. That's because crazy. The, the, and I get I am going to be in the minority on this. But the freshest wound for me, and I, the Yankees just lost to the Red Sox. I get it. But 2019 and 2017 hurt more than 2018 and 2021. Like, at least, and you mentioned the whole cheating thing. With the with the Astros, I take solace in, in understanding and knowing that the, the, the Astros weren't cheating. I think the Yankees win the World Series. And uh, at least in 2017. Really, you really take solace in that? I do. Really? I, I get to hold on to that. Like, part of my brain gravitates toward... Like they were good enough to win, not just beat the Astros. They were good enough to they win the World enough. Series. Yes. Yes. They just got cheated out of it. You kind of lose some of that luster and the substance of that argument as the Astros go on. I mean, they almost won the World Series. What was that? They lost in 2019 to the Nationals. In they're there every year. And then this year, they're what? They're now three wins away from getting back there. So you kind of lose the some of the smoke. Championship Series five consecutive. It's amazing. Seasons. They're still cheating, maybe. They're, Stop it. They're probably still. And by the Stop. way, I would, I would, I would welcome Carlos Correa with open arms. You, you would hug him. Like oh, he, yes. he signs. You'll be at the press conference. You're like Carlos, 
Ty D. Butler, 9870 ESPN. Uh, let's hug it out. Hey, Carlos, you don't need an Uber driver, my friend. I will pick you up. I, I am the guy. The, I let's will find hug it the out. gate. Give, give me the baggage and the luggage. I will do it all. So tell me what apartment you live in. I'll drop you off, man. Let, let's do now, it. Let, let's get I this think relationship it's fair to say, and I'm not, I'm not trying to cause strife and or anger on the show. I will go out on a limb and say this. I believe, and I think you're going to get angry at me, and I'm not, that's not my intent. I think Jake is a bigger Yankees fan than you are. I don't think that that's true. Maybe publicly, like the optic of it, because it's like Yankee Twitter galore on his timeline. And so you I'm think just, he's just more showy than you? He's just more showy. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you how like what's the barometer for like. Who's I'll tell you what. It, I, I'll tell you how I define that. First of all, I think he's tremendously knowledgeable, and secondly, I think a loss for the Yankees affects his life and pains him more than it does you. I could be wrong. You, you're very wrong. This um, is my opinion. And the whole not, I, I don't understand where you're going with the whole knowledge. I'm very knowledgeable about the Yankees. Yeah, but this, this guy's like, a, he's like a savant, though. And l- l- let's bring him in. Jake Montgomery. Good morning, Jake. Good morning, Dave. How you doing? That was very nice of me. It was very it would nice. Be I similar, appreciate the kind words. It would be similar to, like, you and Don. Like, I don't know that you're a bigger Giant fan than Don is. Don's a, a, a historian. Like, he loves that football loves team going through. It's just you're more – I don't even want to say passionate because how do you judge passion? Just because well, you're I, screaming I mean, I, on the I radio am. about it? I don't but know I, that you're I more – I, I don't know that you're more passionate. I think I'm a bigger Giants fan than – Don loves them. I don't know that you're a bigger Giants yeah. fan than he is. I think yeah. you're just more, like, showy about it. You're more no. – um, it's more conspicuous with you because of how you carry yourself. And, and and a part of it is just you're a, a lunatic. <laughs> you're right. I think that's fair to say. So, but I don't know that you're a bigger giant fan than he is. No, I think so. I don't know that you are. I think even the guys on his show would would admit that. And I think Don loves the Giants, but I have like I have real issues when it comes to the Giants. So, Jake, um, Ty says he's rooting for Boston here. I say there's only one answer, and that's got to be you're rooting for Houston. Where do you fall here? So I've heard this question asked, you know, a few times this week, and it's a good question, obviously, the two main enemies of the Yankees. And I've really been thinking about it. And before I answer your question, I have a question for you. Oh, come on. You're going to be that guy? No, it's a quick, it's a really, just a yes or no, like, pick which team. Which team do you think has a better chance of winning the World Series? I think Houston. So before the series started, Vegas had Houston as, I think, a slight favorite, even with McCullers out. Obviously, after Houston wins game one, those odds go up. Right. So in my head— So you are you are a bigger-picture guy. I'm a bigger-picture guy, and I think that But you might Boston, root for Boston. I'm not rooting they for get either, through. obviously. But I they think, get through, and now your worst thing happens is that you think they're going to lose, and now they win. So I'm basically thinking, which team has a greater chance of losing to the Dodgers and I think that Boston is a worse team than Houston so I think even though a Houston Los Angeles World Series would be great drama it's a rematch of you know the same thing even though Yankees fans think they got cheated out of a World Series Dodgers feel the same way they were actually in the World Series I mean the Dodgers won the World Series last year though that's fair, and you know they yeah, added Scherzer they and they did. added they won, it, they won it last year. But they, <laughs> I know, but they still feel they got cheated out years ago as well. In 2017, you don't think the Dodgers fans think that they didn't get cheated out of a World uh, Series yeah, by uh, Houston? Cry me a river for the Dodgers fans who are, uh, what, eight months removed from— I mean, all they seven. do is win. I mean, if you <laughs> want to all... cry for any team, you probably cry for the Giants after that brutal half-swing call that we didn't even mention yet. But, you know, this playoffs has been really good, even with the Yankees out of it. But if to answer your question— I, I'm not rooting for either team, but I do think Boston has a less chance of winning the World Series. So if they advance, I think they have a greater chance of losing. All right, let me follow this up with this. I think this is wonderful. 
If, if I offered you right now, I guarantee you. So, so both of you guys have to be rooting for the Dodgers, right, over the Braves? Yes. You have to be. Yes. I'm, right. I'm going to offer you right now a, a stress-free. Jake, you pay $250 to the first person you see when you walk out of the studio. And you are now guaranteed that the Dodgers win the World Series over whoever they play. Do you do that? Oh, I'm doing it. That's yeah, I think easy. I'm doing it as well. That's two hundred fifty dollars cash. That's easy. Zell. A non, can we a non zell? Issue. I, I don't. I don't carry cash. Can I zell? Is I'm not okay? familiar with zell. You can Venmo. You, you can. Venmo, actually, you I do know. I, I know of zell. Days. I'm not going to say that. There's there's Quick Pay. There's Zell. There's yeah. Venmo. There's PayPal. Apple I do. Cash. I do know some of these. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. All right. So I'm I'm down with that. I, I I can't handle the the Astros or the Red Sox winning again. So so a guaranteed, a stress free. Whoever wins, they get hammered. Dodgers win it. Two fifty done. Again, and the Astros are just much more unlikable than like this Red Sox team. As much as I despise the organization, they're not an unlikable group. The Astros, that's an unlikable group. I actually think the the Red Sox are are likable. They are likable, right? They, you just don't like them because they're the, under the yeah. auspices of the Red Sox. Yeah, it's a uniform, right? They were yeah, expected, I, and, to and be I feel here. the same way. They rebuilt. They just traded. Their, they're what a year or two years removed from trading their best player away. They're in rebuild mode, and now they're in the ALCS. That would drive me insane. <laughs> I mean, this was supposed to be right. No, it's not. Are we going to win a championship? It's a, how many championships do we win? And a team that's in the midst of a rebuild is in the ALCS. They were they were in last place. La- I looked this up. Last place last year. They had like six, the third worst record in baseball they were last 16 year. Sixteen games back of the Rays, who they just beat in four. <laughs> Which, by the way, it's amazing. Stuns me. Stuns me that they beat the Rays. I thought the Rays were going to hammer the Red Sox. Couldn't have happened to a better group. But by the way, look at the field. You got the Rays, the Red Sox, the Astros. Like, if you're a Yankee fan. This oh real, this really is just the depths of what hell must <laughs> be, right? What, what, what if, the only thing that could have made this situation much worse is if you're New York Mets who had a lead, or a first place lead for like 90 straight days and then finished uh, under 500, no, you know which stop, never happened. Stop it. Really, really if stop they would have made the playoffs and found a way to be in this dance, and now there's a chance that the Mets are meeting the Mets, Red the Sox, Astros. World Series, oh. who are you rooting for? I don't even know, man. <laughs> I, I'm rooting for both teams to like, lose. The, that the, those are the worst for the sports fan. All right, so so here we have it. Now one Cowboys more Cowboys Eagles and come NFC back. Championship game this year. I, it's not going to happen this year, but assuming that could happen, or if that were to happen, Cowboys Eagles NFC title. So game. we had that. You don't. You won't remember 1980 Cowboys Eagles NFC Championship game. I'm seven years old, and I remember telling my dad, I was like, I. I feel like I might throw up. Like this is <laughs> at seven. Aw- at se- I was like, Dad, I just I feel awkward. I feel uncomfortable. I said, This is this is terrible. He's like, Yes, this is horrendous. And the Giants stunk. So you got the Giants stink. You got Philadelphia and Dallas, and he's just like, just root for tremendous pain for whatever team loses. Like, That's, that's a great good point. Advice. Jaws was the quarterback for Philly, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Ron Jaworski, yeah. Wilbert Montgomery was the running back. Harold Carmichael was their their six eight receiver, and Philadelphia won. It was and it was the best of all all worlds. Philadelphia won, beat Dallas. Philadelphia hammered in the Super Bowl. <laughs> so so we root for the. I Red got Sox. what you what you want. We root for the Red Sox to win this series and then yeah. lose on a walk off home run in Game Seven against the Dodgers. Would you rather walk off Game Seven loss against the Dodgers? Or swept no, and it's not even off. a series. No, I want a walk off. The pain. Yeah, the pain that you were this close because in a sweep you can say we weren't supposed to be here. Right. You know we out out kicked our coverage, but game seven 
on the road walk off, like you literally were a, a swing away from winning it and you lost. I, I'm rooting for that. All right, so one more and then we'll break and we'll come back. Be honest with me now. Carlos Correa, you, you want him? Of course. Yeah. Yes. Jake, desperately? No, I don't want him at all. <laughs> you, I actually got killed on Twitter for this take. I mean, obviously he's a great player. But I just want to win without him. Oh, you're, you're pathetic. I mean, you can win without you're him, Dave. Pa- okay, so there are Seager, other, there are Seager other signs elsewhere. In the Seager signs elsewhere. Story signs elsewhere. Bias signs elsewhere. He's the last man standing. You would rather have Velasquez at shortstop? Oh, Tyler I, Wade I, at I, shortstop? I never said that. I just said that I feel like you can win with other guys. There are Yankee fans acting like you need Carlos Correa to win a World Series. You, if you, that's need, the case. you need someone you, at shortstop. You do need a shortstop, and that's very fair. But there are other guys in the league. Fair enough. But for the argument that we're having right now, if he's the last man standing and they're in negotiations with him and it's either him or it's you know maybe Torres and, and, and Tyler Wade split duties this coming year, what do you want? I would take Carlos Correa over any shortstop that the Yankees have right now. Okay. So I understand that you'd prefer Seager, you'd prefer Story, you'd prefer Baez. Fine. Fine. You want to know who my guy was? And he's, guy? he's still in the playoffs right now? It's Tra- Trey, Trey Turner. Turner. Yeah. That was the, I would have traded Glaber Torres. for. I would have traded anything for him. So and you the don't fact, want Correa? I, I don't want Correa. I would take, you know, Trevor Story, Corey Seager, those so guys though, over in him. In my opinion, Correa better than Story. You will take the lesser player just because you're spiteful. How much is the difference between Trevor Story and Carlos I think Correa, Correa is a better. And I'll, I'll say this to you as well. The biggest moment, I don't have to worry about Carlos yeah. Correa. And the also, biggest, the just, biggest moment, I don't know anything about Trevor Story. He's and, never been in a big moment. And unlike Ty, I did watch the game last night. And um, obviously, it was a great game. But looking at the Astros lineup, they have, you know, Carlos Correa batting six. They have Yuli Gurriel, who won the bat. Did you know he won the batting title? Yeah, of course I did. I mean, but most people, if you ask them who won the batting title this year, you wouldn't know it was Yuli Gurriel. And they have these guys, you know, batting sixth. I think it's Yuri, by the way. I don't think it's Yuri. What did I say? Yuli? Yuli, yeah. Yuli, Yuri. I think he has a brother that might have. I don't know. They all have those. I think. He yeah, has Lourdes. This is his brother of the Blue Jays. Yuri, you know what? I'm taking whatever. it all back. Maybe you're not the Yankees fan I thought you were. <laughs> all right. Well, regardless, he won the batting title, and it just shows the depth of that Astros lineup. So whether they're cheating or not, they they clearly have they're a great. bunch of hitters on that Did team. Did it bother you that he hit the home run? He looked at his watch. It's my time. When Altuve, well, Correa, I mean, he really, you know, he had that showboat going. But when Altuve hit that home run, I think every Yankees fan, the first thing they thought of was, you know, Chapman with that smile. Did he rip giving, his shirt off last <laughs> No, the shirt no, stayed on. No, because it was in the middle of the game. Uh, his wife doesn't want him, you she know, didn't taking want the his shirt off. But regardless or not, Yankees short. fans wanted the excuse that these this Astros team was cheating. And as they continue to just play great baseball, it's harder and harder to to use that excuse. Uh, you guys have now usurped the show to the point where we are way late for a break. And, and you know what? You're the two that should be keeping me on the clock, not keeping me from the clock. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. He's pompous. Listen, shut up, and I'll tell you the story. He's arrogant. Do you think there's a lot of things out there that I wouldn't be good at? And sometimes he's downright mean. I know you know what that's like, to be that uncomfortable, pimply-faced, not very popular kid. (laughs) But now it's your chance to prove him wrong. It's dumb. Call 800-919-3776 with your question, and let's stump Dave Rothenberg. Well, we'll see. I mean, lots have tried. Some have succeeded. Most have not. Stump Rothenberg brought to you by the law offices of the great Andrew M. 
Cone. I, I don't know if you know this, uh, Ty. M. Maestro. Wow. Andrew Maestro Cone. Yep. I believe it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, where are we at standings-wise? Oh, wow. So we are at 282 and 62. Oh, we have run past 200, 200 huh? 220 games over 500. Wow. That is fresh off of a 15 and, oh, 15 and 0 uh, performance last week. I mean, the Patriots can only look and, and weep over what we did last week. Yeah, now we need the callers to be the, the giant defense. Uh, which is the one that you say is, is, is called at 9-12 and guarantees double oh, stumping here? That's uh, line three. Uh, all right, should we go to him? Should we start with him? Go ahead, let's do it. You think it's a great question? I think it's a pretty good question. All right, let, let's see. Let's go to Will and Chappaqua. Will, let's see. You, you're, you're claiming double victory today, which has never happened. Have at it. I, I think I'm anticipating. Uh, I, I hope to get a double victory, All but right. I, I respect your greatness, Dave. I, I don't. I don't guarantee anything. Okay. Um, so I'm going state capitals. There yeah. are four state capitals where the first letter of that city is the same as the state that it is in. One of them is Indianapolis, Indiana. One of them is Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Can you give me the other two? So the state capital is in this city. The state capital the is city. a city. So Dover, Delaware, right? Yes, that's one. And then I'm going to get it. Um, you said Oklahoma City, right? I already gave you that, yes. Yeah. Um. Gotta get it. What and you gave you gave me oh oh uh yeah, Honolulu, Hawaii. Got it. So all right, you know what? Here here's what I'd like to do. You think you have a great where did he go to college question, right? In fact, I think it's better than the question I just asked. Alright, here's what I'm gonna do, Will. I'm gonna put you back on hold because I am a gentleman and I'm gonna allow you in round two to, to participate. Is that nice of me, Ty, or what? What a guy you are. Right? What a guy. All right, let's go to uh, Luke in Connecticut. Luke, you're on Stump Rothenberg. All right, Dave. This is revenge from last week. I got you uh, last week, I guess, since I was 15-0. and 0. The baseball stitches question, yeah. Okay. Um, this is a tie-adjusted question. All right. Well, where are we going uh, here? What's the, the topic? It's football. It's All football. right. Uh, who's... Michael Strahan is the single-season sack record. Right. What active player has the most sacks in a single season? A single – so the most sacks single season that's active now. I think it's Chandler Jones. I think he's got more than Von Miller. And I feel confident about this answer. Is it J.J. Watt, though? Hang on, hang on, I'm thinking. Is it J.J. Watt? Mind you, this wasn't my original question. But he's going to let me ask it anyway. On on the back end, just give him time, because I want to get your thoughts on his uh, original question. All right, hang on a second. Can I please just try to answer this one question? Oh. He's flustered. Sure, sure. He can't deal right, so with I know, that I know, stop it. I know that, that Watt 
I think was 20 and a half, and I think he did it more than once. And I don't think Von Miller. He's not flustered, by the way. No, I said you're flustered. I'm not flustered. I know being you meant. David I'm, I'm, Rothenberg. I'm not flustered. Don't I don't think Von Miller has thing. ever. I don't think Von Miller has ever given us a, a 20 and a half. So then my thought is, Aaron Donald? I don't think Aaron Donald is over 20 and a half has he maybe he's gone at 20 and a half see Chandler Jones is my is my thought now I'm uncertain I think it's Chandler Jones it's gotta be no who else could it possibly be that's that's what I think it is I feel confident that it's Chandler Jones, but now you have me second-guessing myself. All right. Uh, do I go Chandler Jones? I'm going to go Chandler Jones' final answer. Incorrect. Oh. <laughs> Justin Houston. Oh, so, he has more than 20 and a half, five. huh? 22. All right. It's a bad job by me. I, you know what? I, at least I feel better that I wasn't on it and I missed it. I feel better about that. So one and one. Uh, you said there's a good question. You didn't get it. You expect me to? We'll see. Ken in Huntington. Kenny, you're on 98.7. Hello, Dave. Hello, Ken. Can you name the U.S. president who played in the first ever college world series? For baseball, we're talking, right? Correct. I would think it's George Bush because he was the captain of Yale, played first base. That's I'll go correct. there. George Bush, final answer. That's correct. You said what? You didn't get that? Yeah, I'm very disappointed in you myself. You should be. Because I remember it was very learning. well known that rem- he was captain yeah. and played first base at Yale. I remember that, and I remember learning about the game, um, the first ever College World Series played. Uh, but just to go back real quick, so that the original question that guy had was, yeah. um, sacks became an official stat in '82, I believe. Uh, he he wanted to know who is the unofficial leader all Deacon time. Deacon Jones. No, Al Baker. In uh, 1978, I'm 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 looking in at one it. season in or, one or season. career. No, in oh, one okay. season. All right. Al Baker in '78. But okay. I just felt weird asking you a question uh, about a stat that was not official well. until four years after. I think you did well. Uh, but you're two let's and one. go. You're let's go to one. Fran in Massapequa. Fran, typically very good, but has soiled himself in the past where he's been, I believe, banned from Stump Rothenberg. So good morning, Sal. Yeah, I still question that ban. My dad was at a card game once when one of my brothers was born. And he didn't leave the card game, Fran? No, my father. Six boys he has, but yeah, he's, he's had a couple of uh, mysterious uh, disappearances. My dad is a great guy. <laughs> Wonder- wonderful. wonderful. Father. All right, Fran, what do you got? Right. Tough question, Dave, so I'm going to tell you that it's not Lou Gehrig and it's not Cal Ripken Jr., okay? okay. Yeah. So I'm going to give you that because last time we had an issue that was banned. So which two players, and you can only give me one or I'll give you one, whatever you want to do. Okay. Which two players hold the record? For the most consecutive seasons 
with 162 games played. So Cal Ripken and Lou Gehrig, they uh, had like a game postponed or blah, blah, blah during the streaks, you know? Oof. It happens a lot that I didn't know that. So 162, so they have to play every single game. Right. Two players, the record for 100 consecutive, most consecutive seasons, you know, with 162 All games right, so, played. So, so first, firstly, it's not going to be Lou Gehrig because he never played in any 162-game right. seasons. Right? right, I told you, not Lou Gehrig, not Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken played a couple of seasons where he had 161. All right, I'm going to go. Rain out. I, I think I might know this. Steve Garvey. You know this, then I don't think I say it again. Steve Garvey. Final answer. Oh no. See, I'm thinking either Garvey or Tejada. It could be both, right? You said there's two guys. Two guys. I know Tejada played just nonstop, and and so it can't be. It's got to be post 1961, obviously. Correct. And I think Garvey actually had a year where he played 163 games. I'm going to say Garvey. Yeah, final answer. Unbelievable. I'm going to have a party today, and I'm going to celebrate all day. That's the wrong answer. Oh, no. The two guys that did it were Billy Williams and Miguel Tejada. Oh, and I mentioned Tejada. How many years in a row did they do it? Oh, my God. Here we go again. How many years in a row did they do it? I stumped the greatest. I can't believe it. Look at how happy he is. How how many? Fran, 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 calm down a second. You did great. Uh, Now you you put him on hold. Three, four weeks off because I was depressed because I cannot get Fran, 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 how many years in a row did Tejada go without missing a game? Six years in a row. And Garvey, I guess, was not that, huh? No. All right. So what are we now, Ty? Put put him on hold. What are we, two and two? We're two and two, man. We're falling apart. Not, I don't think we're falling apart. Yeah, this is you not feel good. Like fall- well, I mean, when you go 15 and 0 last week, the prior week you went 11 and 2, so that's 16 or 26 and 2 in your last 28, and now we're at 2 and 2. We're yeah, falling apart. Great. Yeah, I can't, I can't argue with you. Um, oh, oof, that is painful. Uh, let's <laughs> go to John in North out. Bergen. <laughs> and I was right there. That one upsets me. John in North Bergen. John, you're on Stump Rothenberg. What's up, Dave? How you doing, man? What's going on? Well, Two and two, not great, but go ahead. <laughs> All right, Dave, here you go. It's an NFL question. Okay. Um, against what team did the late, great Derek Thomas, the great Kansas City Chief Seahawks. linebacker, against Seahawks. against what team was his only career interception? Oh, all right. I thought you were going to say, when did he have the sack record? He had one career interception, huh? Yes, only one. He had 130 million sacks, but only one interception. Against what team, Dave? And this is an NFL, right? This is not when he was at, at Alabama. No, no, NFL, yes. One interception, huh? I mean, this is going to be a guess. So he's in the AFC West. Is it going to be? I hope it's a good question. Is it? No, I don't know. We'll see if I get it right or not. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, this is going to be a pure guess. I don't, I don't really know. What do you say? 
team. Listen, they played the, the, the Raiders twice, right? Um, the Broncos twice. So I guess the question is, was it a team that they played two times? Played the Chargers twice, or are you going to go off the board here? The team that they didn't play a lot. I have to try to get into your head. Let's see where you go. He only had one, huh? That really is remarkable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 130 million sacks, but yeah, I, one I, three I, interception. I, I, yeah. uh, I, I don't I, I don't know. Uh, this is going to be a total guess. I'm going to say... I'm going to say the Raiders, and I'm sure it's not right. Okay. Fine. And I, I know you hate me asking final answer. But well, I know you're asking final answer because I'm wrong, so you can I extend it and really enjoy it. Go ahead. Okay. No, so you're wrong, Dave. It was against, uh, the was Chargers, who? who were in San Diego oh. at the time. So San Diego Chargers. Stand See, what, what frustrates me there. And now I'm two and three. What frustrates me there is right on. Like, my thought process was they played these teams twice, but I didn't know it. I didn't know it. So two and three. We'll take one more, and then we'll break and come back. Let's go Tony Hicksville. Tony, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Hello. Um, Hello. In the NFL, who is the only defensive player born in a Latin American country to come go on, to the I, Hall Again of with these questions, why are you so obsessed with who, who's, who's born where? Because it's. The NFL has put out uh, information because of Hispanic American Heritage Month. Oh, All right, so what's your question now? The, um, the first defensive player born in Latin America to be inducted to the Hall of Fame. And this is going to be a guy that's probably not even in Latin American, but he just happened to be born there. And you heard this answer, Ty, and you well, like this question? His, his mother was Hispanic. He was born there. Spanish was his first language, so... Um, I wonder if Lyle Alzado is that guy. Could it be Lyle Alzado? Oh, is he even a Hall of Famer, though? No, I think he's a New York guy. It's not going to be Lyle Alzado. Um... This is going to be a long time ago. Is it someone you've heard? Ty, have you heard of this guy at least? Oh, yes. You're not Ty. Ty, have you heard of this guy? <laughs> no, Ty won't even talk to me. I don't know if Tom Fears is a is a Hall of Famer. This is really not a great question. Um, it's a defense, so it's not Jim Plunkett. I don't know. I'll, I'll go with Tom Fears, but right or wrong, I'm not a fan of this question. No, it was the mad stork, Ted Hendricks. He was born in Guatemala. A lot of people don't know. All right, that's a great one. Ty, come on. Really? Well, he said he made it onto the show this past Wednesday. With that was team. horrible, and we killed him for that. Did we? He did it on Wednesday, and Rick is like, what kind of a question is that? Okay. 
and then you allow him right back in. Have we taken Luke in Connecticut yet? We have, right? Yes. Uh, we're, we're on to, to a break here. We, we've got to abide I'm by the I'm disgusted with that. That's a terrible question. <laughs> you're, you're so annoyed. Well, because it's such a bad question. Okay. I almost feel like he shouldn't be allowed to round two, but you know what? We will. We'll, we'll learn from it, and we'll move forward, and we'll, we'll, we'll do our best to get above 500. And we return on Stump Rothenberg. I've cleared my head. I'm in a very good spot right now. Okay, I was concerned going to break there. I know you were. I was annoyed. Uh, Genuinely, legitimately annoyed. What are we here, two and four? Two and four. Not Who was good. born on an Ash Wednesday that currently made the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame? <laughs> All right. Um, Jake, are you playing? I would love to play, but I don't know if my questions are too easy now because Ty said my questions are always too easy. But I think I have, you know, a pretty good question every week. It's All simple. Right. It's not what blood type was the first good. Latin American Great. relief pitcher of the Colorado Rockies. So, all right, here's my question. Mm -hmm. Since it is baseball season still, you know, it is football, and once baseball is over, I'm sure I'll have some football stump Rothenberg questions for you. But my question is, Jose Altuve hit his 20th career postseason home run last night, tying mm -hmm. him with Derek Jeter for third most career postseason home runs ever. Who owns the record for the most career postseason home runs? I think it's Manny Ramirez. Yeah, man, it's Manny Ramirez. And then I think Bernie Williams is two. Well, if you would guess Manny Ramirez one and Bernie Williams two, Dave, that would both be correct. So great job. You know what? Thank it's funny. You. Ty said the question, you know, was easy, but he guessed Bernie Williams in here. So I guess it's oh, not too easy. Not so easy. And uh, Manny, I believe, had 29. So Manny had 29, yeah, Bernie also... had 22, and Jeter and Altuve had 20. But By as you way, mentioned in the beginning, look at how many of... games Altuve has done it in. That's what I was many... about to mention. Altuve has done it in so many less at bats than the other three. It's actually quite impressive. You know, when you do have a buzzer on your chest, it does oh, help. Here, and Manny, and Manny was pumping roids. So I mean. Take that for what it's worth. But three and four you are, my friend. Three and four. All right. Uh, do we have anybody that is pre the second round? No, it's all no. second round here. So these are all for the double stump. All, all for the double stump. Oh, my. Except, except Will. He got it wrong. It's the rare case. Oh, so Will said right, we, we allowed Will just because he said he had such a great one. All right. Well, let's start with Will, and then we'll, we'll attempt uh, to keep everyone double stumpless. Uh, although that sounds odd. Double let's go to Will in Chappaqua. Will, uh, go ahead. You got, you're on. Hey there. I just want to say, you guys are a lot nicer than Santiago. He would have had me off the line like before I answered, before he answered my Santiago question. Santiago has real know. issues. Santiago has real anger issues. He's threatened to, to physically harm callers. He, he's combative. You're right. You're right. Dave, where did NBA champion Tyron Lue go to college? Nebraska. Oh, come on. I'm annoyed by that. Why what? Well, just that. I guess brilliance. That felt like that was a pretty good one. I'm running out of options. I'm like, wow, I've never thought of him. This is this is good, and then you nail it. You nail it in two seconds. And his response sounded a lot like the guy last week who who made this noise. Come on! It's just I guess it's just a natural response from the stump. Oh, I understand. They think they have this this beautiful answer, right? This beautiful question. I'll never get it. And then it's like it's, it's demoralizing. It's you know what it is? It's like third and twenty three. The pass yep. rush gets to Mahomes. He's scrambling. He's going backwards, and, and then he hails. You know it, what it must be like? Throws it up to Tyreek Hill first down. You're like, it must be like me? if I reached in and just took his kidney out without putting him under or anything. Like <laughs> it must, it, that level of just discomfort. Good lord, you're good. Uh, let's go to uh, now. These are all for the double stump, right? You're out. 
out here taking up people's kidneys. Yes, all for the double stone. Uh, so there's, there's tremendous pressure on me right now. It's never happened before. Never has it happened. We'll see if it does right now. Luke in Connecticut. Luke, for the chance at the double stump. All right. First of all, I'm the come on drop from last week. Oh, congratulations. Come on. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully I'm not saying that this time. I can do football, right, for college? Yeah, it's got to be a uh, a skill position player, though. Okay. The human joystick, Dante Hall. Dante, I think he's Pacific Northwest. Dante Hall. The kickoff returner, right, with the Chiefs? Yep. He's either Washington or Texas A&M. <sighs> I don't know why I thought A&M. Now I'm confused. Days on dial-up this morning. Come on. I'm not sure. Dante Hall would have been the end zone already. Yeah, he would have. Um, it's either Washington or Texas A&M. Um, this could be the one. I'm going to go with Texas A&M, but I'm so 50-50 on this. Come on, no! I got it. Yeah, you got it. That was very stressful. I don't know how I feel about that. How about you, what? You didn't submit like a final answer. Oh, stop it. Uh, now, now another opportunity. <laughs> Fran and Massapequa. Uh, do, do you think if Fran were to stump me on this one, that he would just start running around the neighborhood? I'd be concerned about Fran's like heart situation. I, I agree. Fran, here's your chance. I would be the happiest guy in the world. Okay, Dave. Let's hear it. You are the man, and I don't know where you get your knowledge from, but you're amazing. Uh, the great Andrew Tony. Oh, with the Philadelphia 76ers. Yes, sir. I believe And I would appreciate it if you threw the question so I could get it right. That'd just make me happy because no, I, I know you're just a legend. No. First, so round, first round you. pick, war number 22 from ULL. Uh -huh. And those those are listening say, ULL, what is that? University of Louisiana in Lafayette. Uh, yeah. Oh, God, you're amazing. And I, I just want to say thank you so much for the time. You, you're a wonderful person. And, thank Ty, you. you can learn a lot from a legend like that. Love you that, guys. You know what, Fran? Fran, very well done. You hear that, Ty? <laughs> you can learn a lot from a legend like when that. When he says the great Andrew, I'm thinking he's going M. Cohen. Andrew, but... could you imagine that? Andrew, <laughs> and I would not have the answer. Um, all right, so did John in North Bergen get me round one? He did. All right, so let's give him his, his opportunity as well. John, you're the last hope for the man. You're on Stump Rock. <laughs> great. Thank you, Dave. You know yeah. what? This is the second time I stump you, but the first time I went through for the second portion. So... I stumped you before with the Frank Gifford question, but okay. All right. All right, Dave. Um, Big Daddy David Lang. What college did he go to? That, that, he's he's on that UTEP team, wasn't he? Didn't he play for um, for Don Haskins at UTEP? Yes. Yeah, he was uh, he was on the team that they made the movie about, 1966. 
Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. You got it. Yes. Go. And boom. And there you have it. Ty, you want to play? I, I don't. I don't know how I feel about the back and forth there, but seven and four. We've got a. We've got to do a better job of being disciplined. All right. Um, Channing Fry. Arizona. Bingo. <laughs> Steve Francis. Maryland. That was the, the, the third of his uh, of his three schools. There we go. Uh, Reggie Bullock. North Carolina. There we go. Matt Barnes. Ooh. I think he's UCLA. Um, I feel confident with that. Okay. Is that your final answer, sir? I don't know. Yeah, he went to UCLA, yes. All right, that's correct. And lastly, our guy, two-time NBA champion. Andrew M. Cohen. Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney? I don't know that I know this one. I hope not. This would be the first time I've ever done than that. It's a tough one. Well, was he also UCLA? That's not how this works. You don't get to ask me questions and me give it away. You gotta know that you know. Be confident. I don't know for sure. Say it with your chest, my friend. I don't. Not I don't. That you I, won't, have a big I won't. Chest. I won't chest say it. But it's the only school I can think of that he might have gone to. Oh, Dave, what a sad day this is. Oh no. You got it correct, my friend. Twelve and four. Oh yes. Only sad for me because I thought I had you, but uh, the, the brilliance of Rothenberg shines again. Twelve and four. Another day, another dollar. Twelve and four, pretty good. That's not pretty, bad. Pretty, pretty good. All right, Stump Rothenberg brought to you by the law offices of Andrew M. Cohen. I'm told they are now award-winning law offices on Long Island. They provide high-quality, timely, and personalized legal services at a very affordable rate. Start the process right now. By the time I'm done with the show, I want you to have called Andrew M. Cohen, set up an appointment, and he will help you with any legal need that you have. 516-877-0595 or visit them at amcohenlaw.com. Where did Tom. Jake Montgomery go to school? He's our board op. Where'd he go? I don't think he's ever told me. Well, he's a professional. He's not an NBA, NFL, or a Major League Baseball I, I definitely player. did tell you. Adelphi University. Good you old tell me the that. Harvard of Garden City. But speaking, yes. speaking the, of colleges or universities, rough loss for uh, Ty Syracuse last night to Clemson. Well, they played well. All right, can we please break? I mean, <laughs> the, the, is, this, is this the Montgomery, Butler, Rothenberg show? Well, listen, we're trying to save you from what's coming next. And if no. it was that show, it would be a way cooler acronym like DBM or something yeah. like that. Yeah, DBM. Every Saturday morning, DBM. And maybe then I could take off a day or two and not have to carry you guys I every mean, you week. you take like, off in more fact. than anyone. You're in fact, I do. All right, uh, let's go out to Vegas. It's time for a frenzy. <laughs> a football frenzy. You could say that 10,000 times and it still wouldn't be enough. It fires me up, man. I love it. Say it one more time. A football frenzy. Any team, any player, any question. Here we go. The football frenzy. Rothenberg and Bell with you right here on 98.7 ESPN. RJ, you've been excellent. There was a lot of concern that you wouldn't be able to really trim the fat off the answers, but I think you've done sensationally since we started the frenzy. Well, Dave, I'll, I, from the drive time leader of New York Sports Talk, I'll take it. 
Oh, there you have it. All right, so, so morning let's go. drive they called it. That, that's what we call it, morning drive. Now, also, um, Ty said he's he's got some questions. Jake has some questions. People are lined up on the phones at 800-919-3776. And, of course, on Twitter, at Rothenberg ESPN. So it's going to be fast and furious. RJ, take a breath. Are you ready to go? Yes, sir. All right. No anything but your question, people. Otherwise, we'll hang right up on you. Fred in Brooklyn. Fred, go. Zach Wilson doesn't get it together by next year. Uh, do he gets a third chance no matter his receiving squad, offensive line? Does he get a third year? Oh, yes. Uh, come on. You, you just drafted the guy number two overall. You think you're going you're gonna to get rid of him after, after one or two seasons, RJ? That's just silliness, no? Not only will he get a third year, then he'll get traded and get his fifth-year option picked up. Yeah, I don't think you have to worry about him. So you don't think he's going to be good, do you? I'm a little concerned. I mean, when you only have one year of data, him being good against low-level competition, and then he looks this bad, you've got to be concerned. Yeah. Steve in Jersey. Stevie, you're on the frenzy. Will, will the Carolina Panthers keep Sam Darnold over the trade for Deshaun Watson? Well, we just answered that one, right? They picked up his fifth-year option. I think it was like $23 million, and that's for next year. So I'm not sure how they get rid of that contract. Yeah, he, I, I don't think – I know that the owner loves Watson, but to me, RJ, it feels like Watson and Miami is going to be uh, the, the combination at some point. Well, remember now, Temper uh, at Carolina was a alpha in hedge funds. Not just hedge funds – in general, but what I'm saying is, if you see billions of those shows, and that's not that far off, I, he literally was an alpha amongst that crowd. Yep. He doesn't sit and wait. So if he wants them, he, he'll find a way to get them, I think. I'm sure. Uh, quickly, you know who that, that's based on, billions, right? The guy owns the Mets now. Yeah, Steve Cohen, exactly. Yeah. Let, let's go to Frank in Jersey. Frank, you're on the frenzy. Odds on Rodgers signing with the Packers next year. I'll leave that to you, Mr. Oddsmaker. Hmm. Let's say this. I think they're better than people think, but they're far from a short. I'd say right now I'd make it a plus 150 underdog, so less than 50%, but not as long shot as people think. Okay. Um, you see he's he, the, the favorite is that he would wind up with Pittsburgh if he does move on from, from Green Bay. How do you feel I about that? Not. I don't like that at all. No? Well, you're we don't like carpet be- baggers. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Jake, our, our board op, does a great job. Big fan of you. I mean, he has a statue in his home of you. Uh, I, I feel like we should give him an opportunity to ask his question. Life-size? Yeah, life-size. Very strange. Go ahead, okay, Jake. Okay, cool, cool. All right, so five weeks through the season, who is the MVP? Ooh, that's interesting. It's a good um, question. I think it's Kyler Murray I, for me. I'm going to go Kyler Murray. You know, you just stole my thunder. I think you got to go with Kyler you got to look at Lamar because, I mean, here's the thing about Lamar Jackson is if he continues to throw like this, which is exceptionally well, the best he's ever thrown, and he runs like he has historically, he might be the best quarterback we've ever seen. Now, I think I'm a, I've been a skeptical Lamar so as a passer, so I'm not sure this is going to keep up. But the way he's thrown in the last, since the first week of the season, let's set that aside, He's been exceptional. He really has, and I, I agree with you. I'm not a huge fan either. I just don't think it's sustainable the way that he plays football. EJ East Meadow, EJ, you're on the frenzy. Well, the defense with defenses now really uh, being or great defenses anyway being defined 
now by just when you make a stop as opposed to making stops consistently. How do we figure out who the best defense is going to be? Yeah, it's a very savvy question. Very savvy. Um, there's been a change, and, and I'll make this quick, and they, maybe we can talk about this in the offseason or something at more length, but there's been a change where they're looking for big plays, right? So if it's hard to stop teams, you're looking for that big sack. Obviously, a strip sack's even better, an interception. So it's not about solid defense anymore. It's about making big plays on defense. And you look at teams like the Bills, that's, that, you know, that's how they play. And, and you know, obviously uh, the defense is doing pretty well this year. Really well. I, I think it's fair to say that's the most complete team in the NFL at the moment. Let me ask you that. It, most complete team in the NFL at this moment is? If the defense is true for Buffalo, I think you're right. I'm not sure it is. I'm, I'm just not. Because they were so fo- – I mean, I know this is kind of like wiggling through here, but – is they focused their whole offseason on Kansas City. And otherwise, they played a really weak schedule. So my point would be when they play a good team that isn't Kansas City, how are they going to do? Well, they played one, you could call Pittsburgh good, and they got dominated. So mm, what's, a, what's their second-best win? Yeah, it's not nothing great. But that being said, they're hammering these teams. So is this a good test then this week, Monday night at Tennessee? I, I, I think so because it's a potential. In theory, they should be flat here. So if they win this game handily and they get their bye next week, I, I, you know, would be impressive. Uh, John Westchester, go ahead, John. You're on the frenzy. It's a Bart Scott created somewhat of a stir this week when he left Pat Mahomes off his top five QBs. Who are your top five? <laughs> I didn't hear that he oh, left Pat Mahomes off his top five quarterbacks. Oh, I God. can't wait to tell him he's wrong. No. Um, Top five. All right, so we're taking Deshaun Watson out. Yeah. Right? And obviously Mahomes is in there. Rogers. Josh Allen's in uh, uh, Yeah. Come on. Jo- no, I tell you this, and, and it, it doesn't really matter now as much, but before last season, Rodgers had like four years in a row that were not top five material. Uh, I, but last year he was great, and he's good again this year. You, you're right. That's why I'm saying I'm signing and agreeing with you. I'm not right, happy. So Allen, just... Mahomes, Rodgers. Who else? Well, um, now, the, I think the, the – uh, I mean, Russell Wilson, yeah, obviously. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Uh, I don't know where to put Lamar, so I'm going to keep him out for now. And I'm going to say that Dak Prescott maybe slips in. He could. And I'm going to go one that's going to be controversial. I'm going Justin Herbert. Just for reference, guys, uh, Bart Scott's top five was one Lamar Jackson, two Brady – Three, Josh Allen, four, Rodgers, and five, Prescott. He has Prescott over. So Mahomes, Mahomes. is not on this list. Yeah, Russell no. Wilson's well, not on I this Well, I tell list. you something, though, Dave. We just, I mean, we didn't have Brady on the list. And yeah. I know it, it, it's a cliche to say, you know, like it feels right to say, yeah, he's playing well for his age. But last year, the number one graded quarterback, PFF. This year, the number one graded quarterback, uh, or second, I'm, I'm not sure where he is after last night. But what I'm saying is, he's right there. And as much as there's controversy sometimes about PFF, they're the only place right now that's not just looking at stats; they're looking at the film and uh, in in an empirical way judging it, not just impressions. And I take it pretty seriously. If you have Brady in your top five, you're not going to get an argument from me. And, Ty, why don't you put a big bow on this one and end the the Saturday frenzy? All right. I've got a gambling question for you, Mr. RJ. 
uh, Archie okay. Bell. So uh, if we're looking at teasers, I like Kansas uh-huh. City teased down to minus one. But of this, of these next three, can you tell me the best one? Uh, Chargers on the road in Baltimore getting eight and a half points. The Rams in New York giving two points. Or the Cardinals in Cleveland getting nine and a half points. Okay, so the only one that you're making a mistake on, and when I say a mistake, there's a concept called an advantage teaser, or also it was called a Wong teaser, because the guy that quantified this first was Stanford Wong, who's a famous blackjack player. And um, the concept is, what are you doing with the teaser? You're buying points, right? You're not buying a half a point, but you're buying six points. Well, what points are you buying, right? And the most valuable points, if you're buying six at a time, go through three and seven, which are the two most key numbers. So if you're going to buy points, you want to buy those. So all of yours except for going three and a half to nine and a half actually were advantage teasers. And that's the key. And it really is that simple. There's no teaser in any sport except the NFL that works. And the only NFL, when I say work, I mean they're positive expected value. If you play them right, they're profitable. And by working in the NFL, the teaser has to go through three, through three. Can't start at three. So two and a half to eight and a half, two to eight, that kind of thing. Or you can go down eight to two. Now, when you go down, they're less profitable long term. And the higher the total is, they're less profitable because more points, the points are worth less. So in general, play advantage teasers, low variance teams, low totals, and you can make money if you're laying 110. All right. So, uh, Ty, where are you going to go? You're going to go Kansas City down to one. And what's your other game you're going to pick? I think I'm going to go with um, with the Cardinals in Cleveland, nine okay. and a half. Which gets it up to so one. Went against, exactly against my advice. Yeah, so he gives you this, this whole soliloquy of advice, oh, and you go, you go against it. I'm sorry. It. I, I must have been. Uh, no, no, okay, I'm going to go with the Rams. I'm going to go with the Rams. I mean, that, that was wild. The guy gives you some of the great advice known to man, and you just look at it. You we're talking about Wong and, you know. Who I mean, he's bringing up you know, Harry Wong though. and all these, all these great <laughs> things. Shout and out. Then, big up to Harry Wong. It took, it, you know, it took a lifetime. My mom wanted me to go to law school, and I learned that instead. And, and look, he doesn't care. And he imparts uh, such brilliant wisdom and, and right it, in his face. It's not even like after the show, you're like, Dave, I'm not going to do that. Just I ask you right away. <laughs> right in his face, you, you spit at it. Wow, that was wild. I All respect right. the honesty. Uh, RJ, great job. You really, this is, this is the calling for you. The, the frenzy, sensational. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.